Hi guys, welcome back to another podcast. Today we're doing Aston Villa and I'm here with, fittingly after the results of last season, a Liverpool fan. How are you doing, Oscar? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, thanks. And just so you know, I've got loads of stats about Villa compared to Arsenal, so the jabs will go both ways. <laughs> yeah, um, how did you feel about the 7-2 demolition last season? Then? Um, oh, yeah, it was tough to take at the time. <laughs> it was tough to take at the time. And it shows how important Grealish was, which I'm sure we'll get on to. Um, yeah, I mean, we will talk about Grealish in depth. And we'll also just start off with how they kicked on from the season before, because I thought they were actually the surprise package of the league the year before. They just escaped relegation with a, a dodgy... Was It, it was, it it was the uh, ball over the line. Yeah, in Sheffield United or something. Exactly, yeah, just yeah. after Project Restart. And that's almost kept them in the league. So it's interesting to see how much they've kicked on. Obviously, Grealish was their star player. He managed six goals and 12 assists, but he's off to City now. So how much do you think that will impact Villa this season? I think it will impact them quite a lot. Um, I don't know if you had the chance to see the video from their CEO talking about yeah. their plan of moving on. It was really transparent. It was, it was really interesting. You don't often see yeah. people being that transparent, even if he did speak unbelievably slowly, if you've had to watch it. It's quite painful. But they talk about replacing each of his attributes with the three players they've got in. Obviously, for about 30 million each. So we've got Buendia, Ings and Bailey. Um, I don't actually know which how quickly they'll all start. I think Ings will probably go in straight away. But I don't think Bailey will after the Olympics. And I, as Buendia, he's a doubt, isn't he, with an injury or am I? Am yeah, I think he is. Um, he posted some really good numbers in the championship, though. 16 assists, five, 15 goals, and he's so creative. Yeah, the level of the Premier League might be tougher, but in a club which might hold the ball better than Norwich did, I really think Buendia is just going to shine through. Well, don't I'd forget think... he did a season in the Premier League and he was pretty yeah. good. He stood yeah. out in a pretty rubbish Norwich team. Exactly, yeah. And, so he's uh, done it before. I've also got some stats too. So he had 27.9 penalty area touches per 90, which is the oh. fourth highest in the championship. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to be able to replace, well, not obviously Jack's irreplaceable, but he'll be able to cover the creat creative aspect at least and also help with the pressing up the pitch, winning 20... 93 tackles last year for Norwich. Yeah. Um, and there's also Bailey and Ings. Do you have any strong opinions on either of them? Um, I mean, I love Danny Ings. I think he's really good. Uh, for Southampton, when he wasn't injured, he was consistent and just scored a lot. Well, there was a point at which he just became, I felt like he was going to score every week. It just felt inevitable. And I think he's getting better with injuries. He's played a lot of minutes last season. And I think he's a really smart signing. Yeah. And I think he'll score, you know, he'll definitely fill the goal gap to a certain extent. I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a very good signing. Yeah. Uh, Obviously older he... than the other two. The other two are both pretty young, which is quite exciting. But I think Ings is 29, I think. So yeah. you don't get him for that long. But I still think, you know, as a quick fix, good signing for sure. Agreed, yeah. And he's just an elite finisher, really. To get 22 goals in a quite average Southampton team, really, that just speaks volumes for me. But um, he's going to provide competition for Watkins as well. Um, what do you think of Watkins? Um, oh, I don't. After the hat trick, I'm not the biggest fan, but I'll admit he seems like a pretty good player. It'll be interesting to see what they do because they actually have quite a lot of attacking talent now. And I'd also, I'd, it's not 
only worth talking about the three that they've brought in as sort of being their new front three along with Watkins. I think there are other good people as well in the attack. Yeah. I think El Ghazi actually had quite a strong end to last season. And yeah. I think he I think he had 17 starts or so and scored 10. Yeah. Which I mean, in a Villa side, that's pretty good. And he has been really good for them when he's been called upon. So I think there's quite a lot of competition. Yeah. And I think, I think the, reason, the reason... Sorry, go on. No, it's just, I think he'll be good for... And people who show his class before Bailey comes in. He might actually have yeah. to fight him a little bit for the spot. Agreed, yeah, because there might be a setting in period. I think El Ghazi's quite a, a selfish winger, actually. Um, he just shoots on sight, but it often does mean that he'll get subbed quite early on if Dean Smith's not having it. Or Bertrand Traore could even start ahead of him. He, he got seven goals last season. But he's also just quite inconsistent. And then there's Trezeguet too. So you've got some promise in that Villa forward line from last season, excluding Grealish. It's just consistency that's their main problem. And I think the signings could help with that. Yeah. Although I think whilst we're talking about all these new exciting new signings, it's re- you can't really understate how bad Grealish going is going to be for them at mm. points. If, I mean, if you take the difference between with and without Grealish last season, I think this is across all competitions. They played 25 games with him and they won 14 games, scoring 1.72 goals a game. And then when they didn't have him, they played 17 games and then he won four and they scored just above one goal a game. Yeah. Which is a massive difference. I mean, he was their their main creator by a mile. And he was one of the main creators in the league. He was second for open play chances to Bruno, I think. And he won the most fouls in the league. And for a team, the Villas, 27 of their goals were set pieces as well. Which is going to be that's going to be quite a big difference for them, and also I think he just provided so much confidence. Like give it to Grealish, and he'll sort of drag us all through it, and that's going to be gone. There's you know there's not going to be one player like that anymore. That's going to be really difficult for them. Yeah, for sure. He really put the team on his back in quite a lot of the games, to be honest. And when he was injured, as you said with your stats, he, they did miss him quite a lot. And I think their second best player was um, actually our old player Emmy Martinez, who proved to be unbelievable value at 20 million um, back now <laughs> yeah we would really like him over Leno to be honest so he made 143 saves which is the third highest in the league and also kept 15 clean sheets and a lot of those saves literally prevented I mean literally gave him a clean sheet which was you know just exceptional he was made so many strong saves and I think he's one of the best keepers in the league what are yeah. your opinions on Emmy? I mean, yeah, he's really good. There's not really much to say, is there? I mean, when he came in for Arsenal, he looked really good. And then there was that big debate at the time of Leno or Martinez, which at the time, you know, everyone was a little bit unsure about which one they'd rather keep. Um, yeah. And then obviously, I think the answer became quite clear as Martinez just went on to be have an yeah. incredible season. I mean, I don't know his numbers, but the amount of clean sheets that he kept and the amount of games where it was just him just watching yeah. him on match of the day basically just making save after save he just looked so confident the whole time as well which considering yeah. he was what second or third keeper for Arsenal the whole time it was remarkable yeah and he just he just played as if he'd been playing like week in week out for like six seven years it's just ridiculous you made so much progress um to touch back on the other players you mentioned that a few players have picked up injuries just going into the seasons you've got Gwendia and you know Ings is quite injury prone as well and I think Dean Smith is um, not very good with all this injury news. He'll, he, when Grealish first went out, he said, oh, it'll only be a couple of weeks. And then every week he said, oh, it'll be next week, it'll be next week. And then you get to a point where it's been three months and you've not seen any of Jack Grealish that you realise mm. Dean Smith's just not very trustworthy. 
And yeah, so I don't think we can look at much into that. I I think he plays the press conferences just very safe. And I'm not a huge fan of Dean Smith, to be honest. I think he's quite a boring mm. manager, but perhaps you differ on that opinion. Um, I don't really, I don't mind him. I think, I think the first games will be really important for Villa as well. This is the thing. They've got their first three fixtures are incredible, especially if you're looking at your fantasy football teams. They are they need a lot of points from these games, really. Well, they don't necessarily need, but for a good season, you'd really want to be getting at least six more, mm-hmm. really. I mean, against you've got Watford, Newcastle and Brentford with the latter two at home. You can't really afford to have a slow start and just like, oh, we still miss Grealish and our new signings haven't fully come in yet. They need to get off the blocks quite well. I actually expect... Um... Dean Smith to start quite defensively because he'll he'll think, you know, we haven't really played that much with Grealish, without Grealish, sorry. We're mm. he's probably quite scared of what to expect with them. And I could see him it, going into the games just really defensively, going for a couple draws, especially early on, whilst his new signings, you know, they need they still need to gel. They're three, three new players who've never played with the rest of the team. Yeah. And um I mean, the defence has stayed the same. You know, you've got Mings and Konsa, who I think really work well as a pairing. They're like a mini Van Dyke and Gomez at Villa over there. Very and, mini. Uh, <laughs> Unbelievably mini. I, I, I can draw a lot of... Like a bigger, a bigger Ben White and Gabriel. <laughs> and yeah, I think the, the full-backs are decent too. You've got Matt Target and Matty Cash, both decent signings. So yeah, I think they're fine at the back. It's just about whether they'll score the goals. But I don't think Smith's going to rush all out to, you know, thump teams at the start. He'll he'll take it slower. That's my opinion anyway. Oh, I think I, I agree with that. I think the defence is good, especially with Martinez in goal, as you said before. Mm-hmm. I don't think that... I think if they play defensively, they'll definitely be able to keep a few clean sheets and they'll be fine doing that. Yeah. I mean, if they play aggressively, Martinez will probably carry them a few times you'll see a few incredible games from him regardless if he's anything like last season so I don't think that's something they're gonna that's what will be a huge worry if, if they don't go all out they will be fine most on, likely on the, on the back of his Copper America triumph too indeed where that was yeah great great to finally give Messi an international trophy on that level um, and Villa also have like a nice nice range of youth players coming up obviously they played a lot of them in that cup game against you guys. And this guy didn't actually feature in it, but there's a guy called Carney Chukwameka, who I think is, if he doesn't break out this season, he will very soon because he just looks exceptional. Um, the under 23 Villa team actually won the youth cup and he played a huge part in that. He's like a tall, strong attacking midfielder and he's been wanted all over Europe notched seven goals and got two assists in six matches. So even if he doesn't play much this season, I think he's definitely one to keep an eye on. And yeah, yeah. Um, I think they've also looked to strengthen in other areas. We've seen bids for Ward-Prowse and shockingly a 25 million bid for Smith Rowe, which I was not happy about come through. Do you think they're going to make any more signings this summer? Um based on what I've heard it seems like Ward Prowse is the most likely in coming mm-hmm. and I think that would be um, yeah, I think it'd be a really good signing he's absolute quality and what he provides with set pieces as well is unbelievable it's a shame they don't still have Grealish because if they had Grealish and Ward Prowse 
that's what a few people suggested at the Euros. You could just have, you could see Will Prowse getting an obscene amount of goals. Yeah. Sort of chances created. That'd be quite a good yeah. combo. Like Even British just... won 110 fouls yeah. last season, which is just ridiculous. Just yeah. set them up for Ward Prowse to hit a free kick in top top corner. Exactly. It'd be a bit annoying to play against. Yeah. You can imagine them beating teams one or two nil just with a Ward Prowse goal. Yeah. And just sort of being really infuriating. Yeah. I've I've also seen them linked to Todd Cantwell. But to be honest, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of him. And the figure quoted by Norwich was in excess of forty million, which I think yeah, is that doesn't sound a bit ridiculous, doesn't it? No, it's, I mean, I've watched him a few times when Norwich played in the Premier League. I haven't, I, admittedly, I didn't see much of him last season, but he looked okay. I did, there was nothing particularly special. There was nothing that screamed 40 million, really. really? You're getting better players going for less than that, mm-hmm. for sure, yeah. recently. So, um, where do you think Villa are actually going to finish this season? Um, well, I, it honestly, really could be anywhere. I think they'll have a, they'll struggle at the start of the season. I think because I think it will mainly just be the same team that struggled without Grealish, especially without these new signings, and they're still gelling. I mean, like you can sign incredible players, better players than they've signed. It'll take a while. Like Chelsea, when they mm-hmm. first got Havertz and Werner, you know, they didn't really look anything. That any signing needs time to gel, regardless of how good they are. So I think at the beginning they'll struggle and they'll play much like they did without Grealish in terms of how successful they are. But I think yeah. it depends how Buendia and Ings and Bailey come into it. Um, but I mean, a few players clearly believe, like, I mean, Bailey going, I mean, I don't know too much about it, but he's gone from a team that was getting Europa League football to Villa, which means he must believe in the project to a certain extent. Yeah. That's not a negative change. You know, this, you know, he's like, okay, we can build something here. I mean, maybe it's because of more money in the Premier League and all this, but, you know, that suggests that they actually do believe something could happen. Yeah. I, th- I, I think they'll probably finish oh, somewhere between 11th and 13th, maybe. I can't yeah. see them finishing too high because there's just so many good teams. Agreed. Yeah. Like all I'm... of the top six and Arsenal have got pretty good squads. Yeah, can't disagree with that. Um, yeah, I'm I'm earmarking the sort of eleventh to thirteenth place. Um, where do you think Watkins is going to play now? Do you think they're going to go for a two-man up top, or is Watkins going to drift to the wing? Or well, I think they can be a bit more flexible now because last season, a lot of the time, if I remember correctly, it was generally a four-two-three or a four-three-three. Mainly the four-three-three with Greenish yeah. on the left, but I think Watkins playing as a striker alongside Ings will happen a bit. I think that might be what they do for the first game if Watkins is is fit. I don't think we actually know, but I think he probably will start. Assuming he starts, I think he'll play up top with Ings. But I can also see him being on the left side or something. But no, yeah. I think, like being pushed up to the wing sometimes on the left. And but see if a four-four-two, four-four-two, yeah. maybe Bailey on the left, Buendia on the right because he drifts in centrally anyway. Yeah, and then maybe like Nakamba and McGinn in the middle, or maybe yeah. perhaps Douglas Weiss in there as well. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think there are a lot. There's a lot more freedom now because there's a lot, a lot more quality players. Mm-hmm. When we spoke about the amount of attackers they have now that could actually get put on the team sheet without you thinking, oh, there's a drop in quality. Agreed. Yeah. Because before, if they weren't, if they were without um, Grealish or Watkins, you'd be thinking, oh, I'm not so sure how I feel about this. But now yeah. they've got a lot of choice, and I think they can do it based on their opponent, which will help that mm-hmm. lack of overdependence on one star player and then Watkins being you know sort of their only real goal threat yeah at points I mean obviously your guards as well but I mean Watkins he scored 14 last season and he yep. got unfortunate I think as well I mean he seemed to hit the woodwork every week from memory yeah he missed an awful lot of big chances as yeah. well so he, he knows where the space is 
<laughs> he can definitely get a few more if the if Wendia sort of holds up his end of the bargain. Agreed. And, they scored um, quite a lot of goals last season. They scored 50, 55, which for a team outside the top six isn't too bad. Same yeah. amount as Arsenal, which considering they have, you know, the best winger in Pepe, the best attacking midfielder in Smith-Rowe, and the best striker in Aubameyang, that's pretty good, really. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not, too, not too keen on the Aubameyang statement, but I will stand by Pepe and Smith-Rowe. Yeah, I thought you might. <laughs> Uh, now let's let's get into who you think is going to win Player of the Year for the whole league. Holy! Oh, this is an entirely different segment. It's yeah. um, a really good question. I think De Bruyne. Not necessarily because I think he's going to improve, but I just think Grealish is going to play a lot. He's going to win him a ridiculous amount of fouls. And then De Bruyne will have so many set pieces that he can miss as many as he wants, really. But because of his quality, he's just going to get so many assists from that. Yeah. Combined with the fact he's an amazing player. Greenish is sensible. I think they'll work really well together. Yeah, I can see that working. And uh, do you have a, a breakout player or like a hidden gem that you're secretly... I'm quite think... excited to see if Harvey Elliott features much. Yeah. I I mean, I've, I've liked him for a long time. Ever since we signed him, I've been keeping an eye on him. He looks really special. And I do hope he can break out. He's still so young as well. I'm quite excited by that. I think Harvey Elliott could be really good. But then again, I think at the beginning... Of, the first sort of half of the season probably won't feature much, if at all. But mm-hmm. maybe he will have a bit of a breakout towards the end. I don't yeah. know if it's quite exciting to me. Yeah, I, I think we will we will discuss Harvey Elliott on our Liverpool pod. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to break through at some point as well. He's just got so much potential. And uh, now a team to watch, a team that you sort of secretly... Is it a team to watch that I enjoy? Oh, like, that will finish better than most people think? Yeah. All right. I was about to say, watch Norwich because they'll be quite good fun. They'll finish 20th, but they'll be fun. Uh, I, I don't know. I think, I know we're all from Brighton. I mean, a lot of people would have said Brighton, but I think Brighton could really surprise everyone. I could see Brighton finishing above Villa if they do yeah. actually get their hands on a goal scorer. I haven't been keeping my eye on that, but they apparently they're in for someone. Yeah, there were links to Edouard at Celtic, but I don't think anything has gone through yet. You'd hope it does soon. Mm, or. Maybe the the few games before the transfer window closes will remind Potter that you know we actually need to invest in someone because yeah we can't rely on more pay. No, exactly. Um, yeah, but their defense is good enough, I think, and I think it still will be. I mean, they've kept Basuma as well. Lampsy yeah. will come back at some point. It might be a while. We did rob them of their best defender, but I'm sure they'll keep up. Second their... best defender. <laughs> <laughs> can't underrate Lewis Dunk. I'm but sure. No, I think I think they'll still have a really good defense. I don't doubt that. Yeah. And they did pretty well the season before without White at points. I and really? yeah, Basuma as well. I, I think Brighton could do really well. But yeah. it just depends. Maybe they'll just keep sort of keep doing the same thing over and over again. But I, I think they could be good. Top ten finish is not out of the question. Well, it's been it's been great chatting to you, Oscar. That's um, awesome. Apologies for reminding you of previous seven two drubbings, but. It's I'm fine. sure we will be back on the pod to talk again soon. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers.